Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Priority Status by JPR. I'm Marissa Mallory, Vice President at JPR, and today I had the opportunity to sit down with Henley Vasquez, seasoned travel advisor and co-founder of the tech-driven modern travel agency, Fora, a company that's pushing the travel agency industry into the future by tapping into the creator economy. Henley's years of experience at other legacy travel agencies have inspired her to make it easier for people to share their love of travel with others by curating incredible travel experiences. Hello, Henley. Thank you so much for joining us today on Priority Status. We're so excited to have you with us today and really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be talking. So let's dig right in. First and foremost, for listeners who may not be familiar, tell us a little bit about Fora and how you got started with it. Sure. So we are, first and foremost, a travel agency based in New York City. And it really grew out of a frustration I had with the industry. And I spent my entire my entire career really in the travel advisor industry of it being a very closed off job, really not open to anyone who wanted to do it in a part-time manner or sort of remote manner. And coming out of the pandemic, I looked around and saw so many people who had changed up their sort of work-life balance. They may have moved away. They may be homeschooling kids and were really interested in trying to figure out how to sort of, in particular for women, re-engage in the workforce. And I thought, why can't we make them all travel advisors, in particular, the ones who are living remotely? Uh, And that was really the genesis Sephora that we wanted to take the traditional travel industry model and turn it a bit on its head to allow a lot of new faces into the room. You know what's so exciting about that? Changing the face of the travel model. And especially in light of the pandemic, I I read some recent statistics that kind of said it was somewhere around 76% of travel advisors were seeing an increase in customers compared to before the pandemic. So how much do you think the pandemic hastened Fora and this trend toward people looking for alternatives to traditional travel agencies. It sounded like that played a really big part in the founding of Fora. Yeah. So I think there's sort of two things at play. So if we talk about from the traveler side, why are more travelers looking for the guidance of a travel advisor? Well, that's easy because when you look at the restrictions, the border openings and closings, the testing requirements, it's confusing. Travel has has gone from being something that was fun, but of course still had its challenges to something that feels like, you know, navigating a quite complicated medical and immigration document. And people have really come to rely on their travel advisors for advice, feedback on what's a destination like these these days, feedback on, on what the protocols are, and then in particular help when borders do close or trips are canceled due to COVID. And how do you navigate moving of deposits, refunds? Throughout 2020, travel advisors worked essentially for free to help their clients recoup money and rebook trips. Booking.com was not helping anyone. So I think they have really realized what it means to have a human on the other side of the transaction versus an international conglomerate. Uh, so I think that is really what drove the travelers into the hands of the travel agents. That's a great point too. And we talk about, you know, for those in the industry, OTAs, online travel advisors, your trip advisor and things like that. But tell us about how, like, how can a for advisor, you know, complement somebody who might want to both have the assistance of a real human, somebody who's been there and been in the destination and also pair it with a travel advisor, an online OTA provider. Is that something that you see a lot of travelers looking for who come to Fora? 
No, I think most of our travelers, and again, our travel advisors are all over the country, so they're really embedded in many different communities. And so their clients are are coming with a lot of different requests, but I would say none of them are coming saying, I had such a great experience with an OTA. Can you make it happen the same way? They're yeah. all coming and saying, you're my friend. I know you from my community. I work with you and I trust your taste in travel. You've always been that person whose advice I've asked when I'm planning my own trip. Now you can plan it for me. And I think that that's really what we encourage our advisors to do is rely on their know-how, rely on the sort of accumulated knowledge of our community of 300 plus advisors and make the trips that you're planning for your friends, your family, your network that much better because they already are coming to you as an advisor with trust and and for sort of advice that comes vetted. It's not just, you know, in the wild west of online, but they're supporting your small business and they want you to succeed. So you, we're there to help you. It sounds like traveling with a friend, which is ideal, right? Yeah, which and ideal. And let's be honest, I think in particular, you know, you look at the travel agency industry is majority women and our community is also majority women. And when we talk about sort of women in the world these days, we know that 1.5 million women additionally left the workforce during the pandemic. So when you choose to spend your money for your next trip with a travel advisor, who's a woman who, you know, you're really helping her, you're supporting her business, you're supporting her sort of entrepreneurship journey. That's a really sort of nice feeling to know that you're dollars are going to you having the best trip ever, but also supporting your friend. And don't we all want to do that? Responsible, sustainable, fun, and just feels good, right? To, to support exactly. other women in the industry. So you talk a lot about what makes the four advisor, you know, special kind of that secret sauce and the, the passion for the destination. Is there something that you can put your finger on that makes somebody kind of a perfect four advisor? What kind of people make the best advisors? So certainly somebody who is passionate about travel, detail-oriented, and loves helping others is quite important. But I would also say that if you're thinking about this as a job, you should think about how comfortable you are in a sales role. And I know that for me, it took me years and years of doing this to say that I had a sales job. I never think of myself as a salesperson, but that is precisely what I do all day long is sell travel to people. And I think what we have really worked to explain to newcomers into the industry is that your relationship with your client is very much a you know a salesperson to a customer role. And you have to be comfortable putting yourself out there. Now, there's many ways to do that. That's, you know, there's the, you don't want to be the used car salesman kind of vibe, but sort of explaining to somebody and being comfortable within that transaction and that you can be outspoken and confident saying, I am going to plan this for you. I'm going to handle the purchase of this trip. I'm going to be there each step of the way to make sure that it goes well is really what's going to make you a more successful advisor. If you're not confident putting yourself out there, it's going to be really hard to get that done. But after that, it's just that love of sort of exploring new destinations, digging into the details and finding what's going to make a particular vacation more magic. Having somebody to have your back when traveling exactly. and just having that second set of eyes. Do advisors need to have extensively traveled to be good at that role? Or, or you kind of touched on this idea of being curious and passionate about travel. Do you find that a lot of your your advisors have done a lot of traveling and just want to do more and share that with others? Or are there people who are kind of just starting out in their travel journey and looking to help out other people who are also traveling? 
Yeah, so it's a little bit of both. Um, I say it's really important to have an opinion on travel. So if I ask you what's your favorite hotel and, and you don't really know or you just sort of general hotel groups, that's probably not a sign that you're opinionated enough to plan somebody's trip. But you don't need to have been all around the world in order to book somebody's baby moon for three nights in the Caribbean or to figure out a staycation or, as we see with a lot of people, maybe to book that you know soccer tournament for all of your other soccer parent friends that's just out in the suburbs for the weekend. And by the way, it can create a really nice commission. So I think a lot of people are taking their personal experience and turning it into their first bookings. So places that they have been, they're really comfortable selling those. I just got back from Costa Rica. I can tell you about it. I can speak authentically. That's where I'm going to book it. But once they get into it, they do, again, have the support not only of the Fora team here in HQ, but also all of their fellow advisors, all of whom, again, are new to this industry, but they live all over the country and all over the world. So even if you don't know Nashville that well, somebody within the community does and can tell you, hey, I just ate at that restaurant the other night. It's really good. Or this new hotel is going up here. It's worth checking out. You don't have to know the world in order to be good at this job. You just need to have an opinion about what's good and what's not and be excited to dig in and learn. Fantastic. Tell us if you would, you know, for those of us who, you know, have planned trips or have gone on fantastic trips or have had trips from hell that maybe didn't turn out quite the way we intended. We've all had those. Right? We've all had those horror stories in travel. What are some of the you know, the really mission critical or most important pieces of the travel booking process you think people, you know, are not using travel advisors for or that even traditional travel agents might most often overlook? Are there blind spots that you typically see from customers? Yeah, I mean, the devil's in the details. So you can have the best laid plan, but if your airport transfer goes wrong or nobody's mentioned to the hotel that your child has a you know deadly nut allergy, those are the kinds of things that can ruin a really good trip. So the details, the little bits and pieces are something that we work really hard on reconfirming and rechecking before every trip. We check in with our clients and we have our advisors do the same thing. Hey, you're going here. Do you remember that you're booked for these dates? Even the just the most basic things, you'd be surprised how many of them can go sideways. We check in with the hotels too. This person is coming to stay with you. These are the important details. They're celebrating a special occasion. Anything that can sort of upgrade that trip and give the hotel a chance to shine and spoil them a little bit. That's the kind of stuff that starts a trip off right and has it end happy when all you do is ticket a flight, book a hotel, and then forget about it and move on to the next customer, you're probably going to miss the stuff that's going to make it so special. And they're going to wonder why they didn't just book this online. Absolutely. And that's sort of, I think, the heritage of the the traditional travel agent for those you know younger travelers who may have not used a legacy travel agency or travel agent in the past and think, you know, this is something my parents might have used. What would you tell those people who are kind of thinking, okay, this, this level of personalization sounds great for me, but I can just couple it together myself. I mean, for me as a traveler to have somebody always making sure that the details are, are taken care of, the T's are crossed and I's are dotted. And I have that support throughout a journey seems really appealing. But from a legacy travel perspective, travel agents are, it feels like, you know, they are really sending people to the same places for a long time. How do you ensure that, you know, for a travel agents really find undiscovered and new uncharted places that maybe everybody isn't checking out? 
Yeah, no, I think there is a belief um, and, a, and a somewhat accurate one with some of the legacy agencies that there's a lack of creativity. People are just going to book the same thing again and again. They're not really trying to personalize this to your tastes. And there's also an incorrect assumption that it's going to cost you more. So the fact is, is that the commission is baked into the cost of the hotel. So whether you book your own hotel or I book it for you, the cost is going to be the same. You don't pay me. The hotel pays me a commission after you check out. So there's no difference in pricing and there's no fee in order to book a hotel. But at 3,600 hotels currently with our agents, you actually get better perks. So you'll get the best available price plus added amenities like a breakfast or a spa credit. Who doesn't love a spa credit? And you're not going to pay anybody anything more for it. In fact, you're still going to pay the hotel with your credit card. So I think that's something where people don't realize that actually you can get this level of personalization without actually paying more. However, back to the lack of creativity, booking the same stuff again and again. I mean, one of the first things that we talk to our advisors about when they're onboarding is trip intake. So when you're talking to a client, and again, this could be your friend or it could be someone you've never met, ask them three hotels that they love. Because there's a big difference between somebody who says, oh, I love a Four Seasons and a Ritz-Carlton versus somebody who says, I love Papaya Playa in Tulum. I love you know, a small hotel in Florence. So the people who are looking for boutique hotels, people who are looking for more standard brands, people who are looking for something all-inclusive. These are all valuable customers. But if you mix and match them and you give the person who loves a boutique hotel something sort of big box, they're going to be really unhappy. So that level of personalization starts when you're starting your job as an advisor and should really kick off every single trip that you're planning personalization is the key, right? I think everybody now, those trips seem so much more important and so much more crucial, right? To, to our mental health, well-being, travel is just so powerful now to, to, to take those moments and take those trips. We all want to make them count. So to have that personalization sounds cute. Well, we do. And I will say, I've never seen travel so expensive in the 15 years that I've been doing this. So that makes it even more important to get it right. Because with the demand, with all the people out on the road again, everybody's excited to get on a plane and take that vacation. They've delayed a honeymoon for two years. Whatever it is, people are on the move again. And they are spending a lot of money to be there. Let's make sure they're spending it wisely. Here, here. <laughs> So Henley, tell me a little bit about where you think the future of travel is headed. You know, I think about for really being between kind of the gig economy and the traditional travel agency in the next five to 10 years, where do you see the future of travel going and where do you see you know travel agencies fitting into that? So the difference between the gig economy and the traditional travel agency world really is just how much somebody wants to work. So where we sit is really wherever our advisors want to be. If you want to do this as a side hustle, great, we're there for you. If you start doing that and then you want to move it into a full-time job, that's also great. So we really don't have an opinion on which side our advisors should be on other than that it should be their choice. They get to pick which one works for them. We don't set crazy sales goals. We really want them to find the fit that works best for their lifestyle and to have the flexibility to change it. Now, where is the agency industry going? I think it's going to continue to grow. I think we'll see losses in terms of some of the agencies that have been around for a long time, in particular ones that were sort of uninnovative, those that relied heavily on business travel. Obviously, that is not returned in the same way that leisure has. But as a whole, this industry is becoming more important, not less, as you mentioned, in terms of advisors seeing their business actually growing. And we're excited to try to move market share away from the OTAs and into the hands of humans. 
into the hands of humans sounds so refreshing. And of course, as we think about, you know, our future and technology and, and the importance of, of it all in our daily lives, it also becomes really refreshing to be able to integrate new ways to get a human touch with the help of technology for sure. Yes, definitely. And that's the thing is that we can't ask people to just go out and figure this all out on their own. They need technology, they need training, they need a platform. And so that's what we're in the process of building, giving them better marketing tools, giving them easier ways to track their bookings, giving their easy ways, even just for payment collection. You'd be surprised to see what really goes on behind the scenes in terms of people texting pictures of credit cards to their travel agents, totally wow. insecure ways of exchanging information. And, and just some of these simple tools that we're going to be rolling out just in the first version of our portal are trying to solve some of those pain points for our advisors as they're getting started. And then we'll just be building from there to, again, make it easier and let them focus on planning great trips and not the administrative headache. I love that. Well, Henley, you kind of, you nodded to it, but it sounds like more tools for payment processing, security, anything else that you would you want to share about Fora in terms of big news? Well, yeah, I think so. One of the hardest things that that um, and a lot, again, a lot of this is modeled around my own frustrations, having been a travel advisor for my whole career, is that payment element. So not just how to get payment from your client and pass that on to the hotel, but just how do I get paid by commission? I did the work. I'm not going to get paid until you check out. And then I'm waiting for the hotel to pay my agency and then for the agency to pay me. And maybe there's an invoice involved. Maybe it isn't. Some hotels pay faster. Some hotels pay slower. I know from running a boutique agency that there would be six months, sometimes longer, of chasing money to get it out of the hands of the hotel when this is something that is compensating me for the work that I did maybe a year ago. So the, the payment cycle, the cash flow can be really slow. So one of the things that we're doing is we're paying our advisors at checkout. So we actually pay them before we get paid to make sure that their job feels a little bit more secure and they can catch up to their own tail a little bit faster rather than saying, well, I did all this work now. Now, and I'm not going to see this payment for God knows how long because the hotels are going to pay my agency for three months and then my agency is going to take another month to pay me. So just those simple things of trying to change the payment cycle, which we're able to do since we're venture backed versus cash strapped is a really big deal to sort of giving our advisors that sense of my work is being compensated. My time matters. That's fantastic. And, and so great. And we talk about the gig economy and, and its important role in our day-to-day -day lives and in travel too, right? So Henley, okay, I'd like you to leave us with, with one thing today. You know, you've got such a great history and passion for travel. I know that you were also a, a founding team member of Indigare and, you know, owned your own virtuoso agency for so long. What would you want to kind of leave people with in terms of travel inspiration for the future and the way people look at travel? Is there one kind of like guiding principle that's followed you around throughout your many years in the travel industry? Well, Hmm, this is a great question. I don't know about the years in the travel industry that this has followed me around, but I will tell you about a trip that I took in the middle of a pandemic. I went to Rwanda and I did that in December 2020 when really a lot of borders were still closed and a lot of people were staying home. And it was open and I knew that they really needed the business. And I always knew it was really at one time where I'd actually be able to get a room and a lodge because typically that's a really difficult place to find space. So I took off and I flew, you know, for a day and a half and I went to Rwanda. And what that trip meant to me, aside from being just a completely 
amazing bucket list destination and seeing a really wonderful country that I hadn't been to before is a reminder that carries over, I think, into this advisory industry is that every dollar we spend matters. So there, when you go trekking with the gorillas, you give $10 to a porter to carry your backpack. You probably are fine carrying your own backpack, but the reason you do that is because that porter $10 is a big deal. $10 means he doesn't go out and get a job poaching the gorillas. So it's conservation, it's community building, it's building schools and hospitals. Those dollars that we spend when we travel really matter to local economies. You don't have to go all the way to Rwanda to have that. You can go to the bar down your street and you can tip your bartender. But hospitality really is about people and it really is about local economies. And when you think about the communities that you're visiting when you're traveling and how much they need our tourism dollars, it matters. And I think it's really nice to see that we have shifted away from the sort of travel shaming that initially happened when borders started to open up. It's not safe for you to go places. It's not responsible for you to go places to saying, actually, the responsible thing to do is travel safely, follow all the protocols, but do go out and use your money on something other than like another pair of leggings while you're sitting at home. Do spend your money in these communities that so need it. And by booking with a travel advisor, you're doing that because that money is still going to that community, but you're also helping support somebody's job along the way. So the whole hospitality industry, I think we can really lift each other up by remembering on the receiving end of all of this, there's just people who love this job and are trying to make it work. Henley, if that doesn't inspire a passion and a desire to travel or even to become a foreign advisor, I don't know what will. <laughs> well said. Thank you so much for that inspiration. And it's so true. Every every dollar we spend matters. Conservation matters. And you don't have to go far to do it to make that impact in your own life and people around you. So thank you so much for the wise words and the inspiration. We really appreciate having you with us today and hope to have you again soon. Thank you so much. It was so fun to talk travel and fora and travel advising and look forward to doing it again soon.